You're listening to the Owls AmeriCast, sponsored by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Special half-year passes now available. Sign up now at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. The new Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent, policy is that we only do shows after Jordan Rhodes hat tricks. Hi, I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, back after a brief hiatus, and I am drinking a nitro chocolate milkshake stout from Southern Tier Brewing Company in upstate New York. It's part of their Blackwater series. It is a 10% Imperial Milk Stout, and while it's quite tasty... Mm. Mm. and appropriate just desserts after Jordan Rhodes got his on Saturday. I'm probably going to regret it in the morning. We'll now turn to our Jordan Rhodes correspondent in New Jersey, Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. What a lovely evening it is. I have an old classic uh, something that uh, I haven't had for a while that you can't go wrong with it. Johnny Walker Black Label. I drank a lot of that in college. <laughs> a lot like, of that it's college. got a retro feel to it and i kind of yeah. i mean a retro maybe five years ago kind of mood at the moment where five years ago maybe came good again <laughs> out in the pacific northwest always coming good on the podcast it's mike laroon mike what are you drinking hey how are you i am drinking a red wine blend from uh where's it from this is from book walter winery this is subplot number 36 which is where I think we are, and as far as uh, owls over the last couple of years, we are we've moved on to subplot number thirty-six. So, ready to go on. It's a it's a nice blend. Again, I don't normally drink the blends, but um, it's very good. The agenda for tonight's episode going to be mostly about Jordan Rhodes, but we also do have more details about our national meetup and a chat with Jamie Midgley, who's our head Nolan's owl. We'll also talk some Wednesday news and preview the upcoming Christmas fixtures. But we'll start, as we so often do, 90 minutes and 90 seconds. And we're only covering the uh, Wednesday Forest game, because really it's the, only, it's the only one worth talking about. Wednesday 4, Nottingham Forest nil. Started out like most Wednesday games, with the Owls looking feisty and dangerous from wide areas. But plot twist, there was an actual end product early as Jordan Rhodes ran onto a flicked Fletcher header down route one and rolled a low left foot drive into the bottom corner. It was an embarrassment of riches for Wednesday as Rhodes got an early double four minutes later, getting his head on the end of a lovely cross from Adam Reach. Forrest finally punched back, forcing Dawson into a save off a quick free kick and then a handball shout and a one-on-one chance blazed over the bar. Wednesday settled things down quickly and Rhodes got on the end of an overhead kick as a corner bobbled around the box for a 37-minute perfect hat trick. Wednesday added a fourth via Stephen Fletcher right before the half as woeful Forrest failed to deal with another ball in the box. The second 45 was boring as fuck, but Wednesday packed a week's, or in this podcast's case, two weeks' worth of action into the first 45. Patty, we have a little time left. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, um, Morgan Fox did all right, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, uh, my my talking point from today is quite obviously the one, the only Jordan Rhodes uh, as being one of his. Uh, Original fan club members, this was a kind of uh, an emotional day for me. Um, I was, I kind of the harked back. The three you had before I showed up probably helped. <laughs> it was that kind of day too. It was festive. There was SantaCon going on. I had the the refrain from the Pogues in my head: "You're handsome, you're pretty, king of New York City." When the band finished playing, they howled out for more. Sinatra was swinging. All the drunks they were singing. We kissed in a corner, then danced through the night. That's what I felt like after John and Rose got the hat trick. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment, and it deserved a uh, moment in John and Rose's career that I'm so glad we actually have to celebrate because it's just something we've been crying out for so long. We All Wednesday fans still have that smidgen of hope left in them, and they're still dead inside. And uh, for me, it was just wonderful to see. It's it kind of shocking to see, obviously, because no one expected that. Uh, like I say, you have a smidgen of hope, but... Uh, Maybe a goal here and there, maybe some kind of slow return to form, but a bang hat trick in 37 minutes, that was not on the cards. And just the way he took those goals, too, this didn't look like a striker, like shorn of confidence. That first instinctive hit with his left foot from the flick on for Fletcher was absolutely classic Jordan Rhodes. Uh, and then obviously um, the second ball, uh, second goal from uh, Reacher's Cross uh, was, again, just right place, right time, tidy finish. Uh, then he saved the rest for last uh, with a, a scrappy kind of uh, opening, but with his back turned to go, full of confidence now. Overhead kick, pretty much top corner. I'll give him top corner. Perfect hat trick. Take the ball home, mate. Well done. Oh, what a what a day. What a time to be alive, guys. We've had a, well, I think the last podcast we did was about the EFL sanctions. It was very miserable. Well, we don't celebrate much in this podcast. <laughs> Today is a day of celebration. I will say you could have kept the. Uh... Rhyming scheme there by ending the Pogues first with, and then Wednesday scored four. <laughs> if I had more time, I would have done about two is drinking, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, this is what you thought Wednesday was getting when they signed Jordan Rhodes three years ago. These kind of performances, just proven championship striker, right place, right time, clinical finishing. We get a few yeah, more of and, these, and all of a sudden, that twenty-one point deduction doesn't look as damning. <laughs> and, I, and we were wondering a couple of years ago if it was chemistry or whatnot, or if it was just not not the right place or time for Rhodes to be with Wednesday. And then he goes to Norwich and somewhat gets back to form last year. Um, kind of alarming, I think, for a lot of us. And then um, when he came back this year, and it's still he's on the bench, he's not delivering for whatever reasons. Um, yeah, this was just. Yeah, like Patty said, we needed this moment. We needed this moment. Do you know when the last scored a Wednesday goal for us? Do you want to guess? Yeah, I, I, I've heard that. I saw the date, the, the number of days it's been, but I don't remember which exact goal it was. But how many days has it been? I have it in weeks. Uh, it's eight to seven weeks. Uh, <laughs> April, April 2018. <laughs> <sighs> I love the. Do you see the comments that uh, people wrote in his hat trick ball, too? When he came out for the uh, post match um, interview, he had a few little um, shots of his ball, and then uh, and uh, there's people who wrote on his ball already, uh, calling him the Undertaker and back from the dead, <laughs> which I loved. I'm not sure he takes that nicely or not, though. My talking point's gonna bounce off this a little bit. It seems pretty clear now that we need to play with two up front, and the Fletcher Rhodes partnership seems to work. I mean, the first goal is John Pearson romanticized on commentary was very much a traditional 
you know, very 1980s kind of root one, big striker heads it, little striker runs onto it and finishes it. But we actually have that person, that second striker now that can run on, that has the positional awareness, that can run onto the flicks from Fletcher, and he's not isolated in the box on the long balls from the keeper. They have uh, multiple striking options there. But for me, the one that really crystallized it for me, and I saw this when I was watching back the extended highlights, the second goal, I mean, the reach cross was great, and you can't beat that kind of service. But the thing, if you notice, they have two center backs marking both Rhodes and Fletcher, and the one shadowing Rhodes starts to pinch down on Fletcher, figuring that it's coming for him, and that gives Rhodes a space to really get onto the ball. Like, Fletcher can drag those guys away enough to give Rhodes the space he needs to be Jordan Rhodes. And the third goal, it's just you're, you're taking the piss at that point. So, <laughs> <laughs> But how often do we have two, not even two strikers, two people in the box for crosses? Mm. It's been such a thing that we've been crying out for for like, years now. And the difference is, is remarkable. And we, we didn't really get tested in the back, uh, at the back um, for this game against Forest. So we weren't really sure... Uh, if this 4-4-2 would make us weaker. It didn't certainly look that way uh, defensively. Uh, but certainly what did make us <laughs> is more um, lethal up front. And if Fletcher and Rhodes are both in a purple patch, you've got to start them. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no fucking argument against that. You've got to start both those people up front pretty much every game. Mike, you want to talk about players other than Jordan Rhodes? Believe Boring. it or not, I do, I, and I don't. I don't want. I, know, I don't want to be the wet blanket that is. Uh, that says we need to pump the brakes on the two strikers. But no, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying so far. No, I was completely impressed with the midfield. Um, you know, at, we, we got Bannon, Luongo, Reach, and Harris. And I will say, Harris probably didn't have his best game. He probably was, but played more defense than we've seen him play. Not hopefully because he didn't have to. Um, but I think that the tandem of, of, Bear, of uh, Barry Bannon and Luongo in the middle, at the expense of Sam Hutchinson, who is you know, one of my favorite players for the last couple of years, but I think that's really great. And Adam Reach had one of his better games. So I, I don't know who the weakest, I, I suppose Adam Reach's consistency is probably the soft spot there. But um, again, the cross that he gave uh, was phenomenal and we can't overlook that. So I, uh, again, as, as optimistic as we are about these these two uh, strikers up front, this I think this midfield has just a ton of potential when they're all playing at their best. So I noted to Patty like, sometime towards the end of the first half that I didn't really notice Luongo at any point in the first half. And that's not like a criticism per se, but we were just so effective down the wide areas. And I'll, I'll throw in Harris too here. I thought it was a little weird when they took him off. Uh, I thought he was very effective. He's like a good outlet down the left side. You know, he created a, a fair amount of chances. His interplay with Morgan Fox has gotten better. But they were just so dangerous down the wings that, and Forrest, look, Forrest weren't good. I mean, we talked to a lot of the New York City Forest fans. They thought a performance like this had been coming. But, you know, Wednesday have played teams like this that have they've been able to batter for the first 15 or 20 minutes or so. And then when they don't have the end product, it it starts to turn. They grow into the game and they get a little more confident or they start pressing or Wednesday starts pressing. And just the service from both flanks was so good that, you know, it was pretty much a laugher by the half hour mark. And that's what the service that John Rhodes ties on, right? With people said, when we've, one of the excuses we gave him when the first uh, signed him was they weren't getting, 
weren't playing to his strengths, which we weren't. We were playing that kind of small, kind of like uh, tippy-tappy football that Carlos liked. Uh, and it wasn't working for um, for Rose. We weren't getting any crosses into the box pretty much at all. Now you've got some good wingers. You've got Morgan Fox. Proper who, British say, manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got Morgan Fox, who, as I said, is turning to the new Chris Brunt with that left foot. It's crazy how crosses he's getting to the box at the moment. And then, obviously, Adam Reach on the other side. Uh, you're going to get service. Um, and I, I don't want to overlook Luanga either, because I think what Luanga did really well uh, he, he did jo- uh, he did Pelopesi's role much better than Pelopesi because Pelopesi does this thing where he gets the ball and he passes it to somebody else. Longer did that but in a much more effective and much more forward-facing way. So whereas Pelopesi will pass it sideways or backwards, Longer got the ball and passed it forwards usually and something started from it. Uh, he passed it to Winger, he passed it to Reach and, and, and Harris. Uh, so I think, I totally agree with you, Mike. I think having Luongo in the team helps us going forward as well. Uh, again, we weren't tested, I don't think, defensively in this team, in, in this uh, match. So uh, if it's something we can go with every game uh, and, we, and we can test Luongo defensive skills too, fine, I'm up for testing that too. But maybe we need to switch Hutchin every now and again for a, a kind of stronger side. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, set up the sort of first choice 11 going forward. You know, Westwood is healthy now. He's back in the squad, but on the bench. Um, you know, Burner has essentially been dropped for uh, the Lees and Iorfa pairing. And look, the defensive record has stayed pretty solid while Burner's been out. And, you know, Tom Lees is a, is a veteran hand. I don't know. We, I know we had a little chat on Saturday about possibly playing three at the back, but that seems a little... Uh, it would be very Wednesday to immediately start three at the back and have two of their center backs hurt in the same game. So <laughs> what I would I expect think, happened if they did that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that eventually, but right now we've just got to stick I with the, I don't have the tactical flexibility on the wings to really do that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think as it's working, I, I would keep it as 4 4 2. I keep Lees and I offer there. Uh, I love Burner as much as the next man, but like I say, you can't argue with the stats, and we've um, been better at defense. Uh, since Lee's have been backing that that centre half pairing, uh, I also want to give a shout out to Dominic Ayala this week as well. Because again, yeah. he's been he hasn't put a foot wrong. I don't think in all season. And when he looks like he has put a foot wrong, he corrects that <laughs> put a foot wrong almost immediately with his other stretchy leg that comes out of nowhere and tackles him on the other foot. It's, it's unbelievable. The times he looks like he's making a mistake actually recovers because he's so quick and just so adaptable. He's uh, a phenomenal player. He doesn't almost like. I think we're so used recently, even going back to like, I know at this point, like certainly Glenn Leuven's Roger Johnson, like a certain kind of like six foot one, not particularly pacey British center back. But, you know, however, just is, he's so like, how is he? Like, he's almost feels too good for this level. <laughs> well, sort of like I the think- skill set that he has. Who's been saying? I mean, he said he's always been sent to half, but he's been yeah. playing right back for most of the teams. Right. Uh, his his his, uh, his talent's definitely sent to half. Yeah. I mean, he was a he was a decent right back, uh, but the way he gets, he's fast, he's strong, he's he doesn't lunge into tackles. When he does, he gets the ball. Um, but he also uh, has that fullbacks mentality where he's not afraid to make a little run if there's space available to him, and he can pick out a pretty good pass too. Yeah. Wow, what a play we've done there at centre half. Just as we got um, Julian Burner, I think we had a good player there too. We suddenly ended up with a, a good, a good centre half for three centre choose from. So that wraps up our Nottingham Forest chat.
take a little break. When we come back, we'll head down to the Big Easy to preview our upcoming Owls America's national meetup. As announced this week, Owls Americas will be having their first national meetup in New Orleans this coming February 2020. And to give us the lowdown on the Big Easy is our New Orleans Owl, Jamie Midgley. Jamie, how's it going? It's going great, thank you. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, we had a nice little boring 4-0 to discuss in the first part of the show. So. <laughs> I've got a theory on that. Let's start with your theory, James. Let's, let's kick off with some uh, just normal chat first. Because I know um, we've been talking about Jordan Rose for a, a while now. Uh, I'm a bit of a fan, if you haven't noticed. Um, so go on. What do you think of Jordan Rose? The theory is, so we all know like Bannon and Fletcher had some work done upstairs, right, back in, <laughs> in the close season. Did anybody else notice that Jordan Rhodes has definitely had some work up top? Really? So, was it just me? He looks a lot. He's not as follically challenged as he was at the back in the last season. Ah, really? I didn't notice that. I was too busy looking into his two lives. Just like full. What? If, I mean, come on, Paddy. You look like you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did Kylo start you, that? I, mean, I feel like sure. he definitely had I don't a know. work done. He's definitely too. had some work done, and I think that's given all these players extra confidence. Mm. Fletcher's played, Fletcher scored more goals. Well, he's equal his best ever season record, right, with twelve goals. And it's only Christmas. Bannon's playing out of his skin. And now Jordan Rhodes has scored a hat-trick. And I think it's all down to having plugs. What are they plugging into him? Maybe there's some extra kind of like... Uh, yeah, I feel like Jamie's about to sell us something. Yeah, I think, it's a confidence, <laughs> I think it's a confidence thing. I don't know. I think you just feel like, oh, my hair's back. I'm like... I think if Archie, Gemmel, if Archie Gemmel would have had that in the 70s, would <laughs> have four more years out of him. Same with Zidane, you know what I mean? It's like, he could have played on forever. Well, maybe. maybe right, theory. So you're saying, it's essentially like, um, uh, their power now is coming from their hair. So yeah. if they could I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying Jordan Rose has had his hair done, but I'm think, I, I looked at him closely on Saturday. I think you are saying he's had some work up top because, you know, he gets paid 30 grand a week and he could afford it. And uh, I think it's made all the difference. So if, are you know, saying so. if we get Joey Pelopesi, the uh, full Chris Waddle mullet, he'll be uh, a midfield stalwart for us? I can't talk for Joey Pelopesi. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, for any player who's follically challenged, who earns a good wage, to so go and get the rare, go and get some plugs and uh, see what happens. We should just make all of Pelopesi's face covered in hair and see if that improves him. Just stick I hair wherever we can. Jordan wrote, he was like a man reborn, wasn't he? And so I've never seen anything like it. It was fantastic. It's unbelievable. And long may it continue. Hopefully it wasn't a one-off. But uh, so, anyway, that's, to... my theory. that's my theory on Jordan Rhodes. If anybody <laughs> agrees with me, then you know, let, let me know. I want to do some close inspection on John Rhodes' follicles before I go and agree with you. But if it's true, then it, this is huge. All right. <laughs> All right, mate. How Let's can we find about... out? How can we find out? <laughs> Maybe we can ask someone in the know in the club. But who, I mean, who would? Then, Is there an ITK would... account for that? Yeah, ITK. Who's hair ITK plugs? ITK follicles. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll come back to this. We'll come back to it. All right, we'll bring you back on if you bust up the case, mate. Even more, more evidence. Give us a shout. All right.
All right, so we brought you on to talk about um, other things as well as hair, uh, and that's uh, New Orleans uh, national meetup, 29th of February. Uh, we're going to meet up for uh, the Derby County game at your bar, Finn McCool's, which a few of our New Yorkers have visited, actually, and a few other uh, tourists have visited. Um, I've, I've known you for ages, mate. You used to be a, a New York owl, too, before I, before I was here. You're the, the uh, OG New York owl, as you sometimes uh, referred to. Um, so... Personally, I can't wait for this because New Orleans is an amazing party city. What should fans expect uh, in New Orleans for the national meetup? Well, first of all, if you've not if you've never been to New Orleans before, and money and time isn't uh, isn't an issue for you, then you really need to come down for the whole week because Mardi Gras Day is on the Tuesday before the meetup. <laughs> And the Mardi Gras weekend, like before Mardi Gras Day, is just, it, it should be on everybody's bucket list of things to do before they die. Mardi Gras in New Orleans. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay. What, uh, what's, what's, what happens at Mardi Gras, mate? Is it a big parade? I've seen them well, I mean, Mardi Gras lasts like two and a half, three, depends on, it depends on the Easter, the, the cycle, like Easter cycle. But like Mardi Gras Day is always Tuesday, day before Ash Wednesday. Kicks off at like, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning. Everybody's out on the street in like full fancy dress, costume, drinking. And it's just one one whole day of partying. Like it, it, it's just like a huge street festival, carnival slash whatever. That's just Mardi Gras Day. On the, the, the lead up to that, the two or three weeks before that, especially that weekend before, it's just huge parades and like parties and balls. And like, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. Obviously, it's it's expensive because everybody wants to be here. All the hotels are full. All the Airbnbs spike up the prices. But if, you, if you've never been to New Orleans before and you want to come down for Mardi Gras and the meetup, I would highly recommend you try and do both. If not, then it's going to get a lot cheaper, obviously, after the Tuesday. And you just come down for the meetup. And uh, I can we'll tell you all about can we recreate some kind of Wednesday, kind of Mardi Gras? Like, kind of it says basically Tuesday in this name, Mardi Gras. Can we kind of create a, like a Mecca de Gras? We've actually got these three games that week. We've got Birmingham on the Saturday. Then we've got Charlton on the Wednesday, the day, on Ash Wednesday, the day after Mardi Gras. And then we've got the Derby game for our meetup. So if you do come down for the week, you get three games in as well. And obviously... We, as you know about New Orleans Owls, we don't miss a game. You don't miss Even midweek right games, we don't miss a game. So we'll I'm, be there for all of them. I'm amazed anyone works in New Orleans, the amount of partying you do and watching <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> are, are we, if we turn up, though, say if, say if we can't make it for Mardi Gras, if we turn up on like Thursday, Friday, is the city going to be basically a bombshell left over from Mardi Gras? Uh, everybody will be kind of recovering. Yeah, they won't be going nuts. <laughs> but we'll be going nuts because this is 20, 30, 40 of us. And uh, obviously it's Saturday, but by Saturday everybody's recovered. Right to party again. Back at it, you know what I mean? Can, so, uh, I was asking this, can we organise a parade? Because I know people do parades, right, in, in your lines all yeah, the time. Yeah, I can, I can, I can organise an impromptu second-line parade. We, can't, we could do it officially by booking it, getting a police permit and a band. <laughs> Wait, if the Wednesday band are listening to this, I know everyone hates the Wednesday band, but we love the Wednesday band. <laughs> the Wednesday, Let's get that. If the Wednesday band came over, that'd save us a lot of money. Hmm. On, 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 Hiring a band. Otherwise, I can get me a block rocker and just like play all the New Orleans classics. And we walk around a couple of blocks from Finn McCool's after the game and just walk a couple of blocks around and come back to the bar. I, th- I think. And I'm then like, you've done a then you've done a second line basically. We've done a Wednesday second line New Orleans parade. I think that needs to happen. So, I mean, 
if that hasn't uh, won you over already, uh, obviously we, we're trying to do a, a number of things as part of this day. It's a couple of months away, two, two and a half months away. Uh, we've asked a few people uh, that we know and be on the podcast. Uh, we'll continue to ask people too. Uh, we, the biggest name we went for is John Ark straight away. Obviously, we went to see John Ark if he's available. Sadly, he can't make it. He's got his uh, football club to run. That's <laughs> 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 a pretty good excuse. We're going to keep reaching out to people. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm just going to tell it out loud because I don't really care. We'll try and get as many people as possible. I'm asking Chris Bat Williams. He's in America. Batman's in America. Uh, I think Jermaine Johnson's still in America. Those are my, those are my top two. Uh, obviously, we've got friends of the podcast, Sean McCauley and James O'Connor. I'm not sure if they're available. I'll, I'll give them a shout soon, too. Uh, any Wednesday-related players that are in the USA, I'm going to be on their, sliding into their DMs over the next week. So I'm being a pain in the ass trying to see the one come down to uh, be part of this uh, massive meetup. I mean, it's unheard of, right, to have a national meetup. Unless, obviously, you're in the UK going to Sheffield every weekend. But I think this is going to be absolutely amazing. I can't wait to be in New Orleans. Uh, and, Jamie, uh, what else? Are you well, what else? Are, we took that second was... line. Another quintessential thing to do in New Orleans is have a crawfish boil. Mm, Anybody yes. familiar with a crawfish boil? Yeah. So a friend of mine lives across the street from Finn McCool's, literally across the street. And he has offered to do a crawfish boil for us. And it's <laughs> just an amazing experience. You get all, It's still crawfish season. So you have all these like live little critters in bags and you boil them up with like, you know, sausage and corn and blah, 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 seasoning. You throw them on a table and then you all stand around drinking beer and like peeling them and, and eating them. It, it, it's an amazing communal experience. So we can watch the game, cross the street, keep going back to Finn's, use the bathroom, get another beer and uh, eat crawfish. Yeah, there's no open container laws in New Orleans, as I recall. And that's, that's the other <laughs> beauty of it. I mean, has anybody yeah. heard of a go-cup? Do you know what a go-cup is? For those of you not familiar with the go-cup, right? Yeah. Say we're all in a bar, and I know Paddy can't take his ale too well, and he's like struggling <laughs> with his pint. All right, the scene. Paddy's halfway down his pint. We're all finished. All right, come on, Paddy, it's time to go. Normally, he'd either neck it and feel nauseous, or leave it on the bar. In New Orleans, every bar go-cups on the bar. You basically pour your drink into this plastic cup, and you walk out the door, and you can walk freely down the street unhindered with your with your beverage. And then even walk into another bar down the street and they don't bat an eyelid. They expect you, obviously, at some point to buy a drink in their establishment. But in the meantime, you can just, it, it, it's just an amazing invention. And like, yeah, I, I remember attending a, I attended a conference in New Orleans years ago and I remember they had to remind us you can walk in with a cigarette and walk out with your drink when you go to the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've actually, they've actually they've, they've made a smoking ban now. That came in a few years ago, so you can't well, do that. However, no. if, you do, if you are coming down, you have a smoking habit, you can actually still watch the game outside of Finn McCall's through the window and still carry on. <laughs> it sounds luxury. It's luxury for all Yorkshiremen, surely. And anyway, I've spoken to the Sean Kennedy who owns Finn McCall's and he has uh, promises an upgrade from my, we're normally in the dark room or the kitchen. <laughs> Obviously, the kitchen. with Championship, yeah, yeah. we get like the, you know, the dregs of the, of the bar. We're right down in the corner. Now, the dark room, we're also by the, the women's toilet. So you've got like, you know, Lots of coming and going from the bathroom, which is a pain. Or if we're in the kitchen area, we have to, I have to put my laptop on top of the microwave <laughs> to plug it into the HDMI cable. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm getting upgraded to one of the big TVs. <laughs> All right, good. And Sean Kennedy has promised me if we get like, you know, 20, 30, 40 people down there, we're getting upgraded to one of the big TVs uh, with lots of seats. People listen to this. Don't let us watch the Wednesday game on a microwave. 
Please turn up in your drive. So we're not fucking watching this in the microwave. Hey, that's what that's what I do every week with uh, <laughs> Lauren and you know the half dozen of us who show up. It'll just be nice to have one of the big tellies. I wonder your picture's always crap. You watch it in a microwave. Uh, well, actually, you'd be surprised because people do actually come along and like put stuff in it and slam the door. And I'm like, watch me computer. Like, careful, calm down. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the Fimical setup. It's a great bar. It's a fantastic neighbourhood bar. Started by a couple from Belfast, Pauline and uh, Stephen Patterson. They sold it to Sean Kennedy a couple of years ago, and uh, he's just kept them. You know, he's kept it going. He's he's I don't know where he's Irish. I can't remember where he's from, but he's just kept it in the same vein. And he's yeah, like, for he's those well- of us know the area, which which part of town is Fimical's in? It's in it's in Mid City. Right. Okay. Mid City. And yeah, uh, so if you were well, if you were staying down in the French Quarter. You could get the streetcar up there in 10 minutes or, you know, less than 10 bucks in an Uber. Yeah. We might, might, if there's enough of us, we might share an Uber or a big bus somewhere. I'll see what happens. Um, for but the main question I've asked so far, Jimmy, on uh, Twitter and Facebook, I mean, thanks, first of all, to people that have registered. So you need to register to this. So go on to alzamericas.com. Uh, you'll see on the, uh, the navigation national meetup. Click on that and click on register now if you want to come. That just helps us plan things, as you know. If you're planning things for more than twenty odd people, you need to know how many people's coming. Um, so we hope it's going to be massive. We don't care how many people come. I don't care if you're from America, from South America, from England, from Norway. Just just come and have a good party with these Wednesday fans. It's going to be fantastic. Um, where should people look to stay, Jamie? Oh, maybe it's easy to say where should they avoid to stay. Uh, whatever you think's uh, better advice. <laughs> If you've never, if you're coming down to New Orleans for the first time, you probably want to stay in the French Quarter. And the thing about New Orleans is, it's a very small, walkable city. It's actually smaller than Sheffield, believe it or not. So it's less than four hundred thousand people, uh, very compact. But it doesn't feel like a small city because there's so much going on. Uh, it's a cultural hotspot. But uh, I'd, I'd say in the French Quarter or the Marigny or Bywater neighbourhoods, which are just downriver from the French Quarter, uh, you, want, you could get an Airbnb down there. Or just get a hotel in the French Quarter so you can experience it. If you're only here for a weekend, you may as well be in the French Quarter so yeah. you can experience it. I can, I can definitely recommend the French Quarter. I spent most of my time there when I was there, and there was a good laugh. And you're right on the doorstep of everything that you want to be close to. It's really good architecture, really good like bars, restaurants, obviously, too. It's but unique. It's not It's not like anywhere else in the in America. You know, I lived in New York for a couple of years, and uh, it, it's just a very unique city. It's over 300 years. We turned 300 years old last year. Oh, wow. New Orleans is now over 300 years old, so it's like steeped in like in American terms in uh, history. <laughs> See it in the architecture. Let me guess: Did you have a party for 300 years old? Uh, we always have a party. <laughs> if you saw Drew Brees uh, got the uh, touchdown passing record last night, we've not got a bad NFL team this year again as well. So party things time. are looking up for New Orleans. Wait, uh, oh, it's after the Super Bowl, isn't it? The uh, the 29th of February. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. month. For... Maybe you'll still be partying if if New Orleans Saints win uh, yeah. the Super Bowl month long party. All right, mate. Well, I think that's uh, awesome. We'll probably get back on again nearer the time uh, when we've got more things set in stone. Uh, yeah. But we really appreciate all the help you're doing with the the meetup. Uh, obviously, we'll be chatting for the next month and a half, two months, as we organise even further. Any questions you got for uh, uh, the national meetup? Owls America, Owls Americas on Twitter, Owls Americas on Facebook, Owls Americas on Instagram. Just sends a message and we'll try and answer them. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 prepared to. If anyone wants to direct message me on Twitter or Facebook or, or, or whatever uh, what's, about what's your handle, mate? New Orleans Owl, right? New Orleans Owl, yeah. Just send me a direct message with any questions you have got about New Orleans, and I'll uh, happily answer them for you. 
Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, Jeremy. Okay. Thanks, man. We'll see you speak right. soon. All right. Cheers. Bye. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. And unsurprisingly, after their 4-0 thrashing of Nottingham Force, Wednesday had a couple players make the EFL Team of the Week. Uh, Jordan Rhodes up front and the uh, aforementioned Dom Iorfa anchoring Central Defense. Not a surprise. Is that Dom Iorfa's second week in a row on the EFL Team of the Week? I think he was in there last week too, right? Mm. I think so. Um, right. should be a mainstay um, one thing as well which is strong about this um, my friend actually noted the Jordan Rhodes scoring hat-trick is Charlie Austin scored two as well at the weekend and it's kind of like being back in 2012 with those mm. uh, two back in the in the team of the week um, I think they were losing 2-1 West Brom weren't they and then the, he came off the bench and scored two goals I think he scored six in five now Charlie Austin so West Brom are probably going to run away with it Probably. And Leeds blew like a 4 1 lead or something. They were 3 0 up. Yeah. 3 up and Andrew were 3 3. I think some of the good things as well this weekend's uh, football. So, yeah, Leeds lost uh, the lead, 3 0 lead to Cardiff. Uh, And I I think it goes on the BBC website that Stoke uh, Reading was uh, apparently the statistically worst game <laughs> in the championship ever or something like that. There, was no, there, believe there it. were no shots on goal, right? No shots on goal. Yeah, no, this is the most boring game I thought Reading were played. the worst team we played this year, so. Yeah, I mean, if I could have predicted that. Most people could predict that would be a terrible game before it started, but the fact that it turned out to be just as bad, probably even worse, is hilarious. Speaking of Stoke, uh, the gluttons for punishment... <laughs> that support Sheffield Wednesday have sold out the Stoke Away Boxing Day fil- fixture. Uh, yeah, I was looking. It's, a, it's kind of a 50 50 where I can make it to this. I'm going back on Sunday for a week. Um, and that was the only game I could possibly make because I, I leave uh, the same day as the Cardiff game. Uh, but it's sold out and it's going to be tough to get tickets and it's tough to get to Stoke on Boxing Day, obviously, with family uh, commitments too. But obviously, a lot of people coming back home for Christmas in the Americas. Uh, once that you guys know, obviously, it's sold out. If you uh, need tickets, then you're going to have to try and find friends. And friends are friends. Uh, if, if you wanted to tweet at Owls Americas, we can retweet for you. Maybe someone help you out that way. But as of right now, the official ways of buying tickets are all sold. It is a Sky game, I'm pretty sure, since it's on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, cool. That's good then. Oh, it's, I think it's classed as a midweek game. So I think mm. all of those we uh, played. Yeah, In other Wednesday news, uh, suspensions, it is that time of the year. Unsurprisingly, Sam Hutchinson is serving a two-game suspension for accumulated yellow cards, the first of which he served against Forrest, also serving a one-game match against Forrest, and we're not talking about it, for his red card at midweek is Modesto de Bajo. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. We're not talking about that, no. Okay, well, I guess what, was it a penalty? (laughs) No, it wasn't a penalty. Um, no, not. I thought it, I I understand why in like real time it was given as a penalty because it was just he was awkward as fuck about it. But he's in front of the player. Yeah, and he's falling over. I don't understand how even in the heat of the moment the ref could have given it, but obviously it was, and it's the 80th past 80th minute. <laughs> Anything can happen. 
anything can happen as well in Wednesday's upcoming fixtures. We don't have a show next week, so we're just going to blow out the holiday fixture list. Uh, the most interesting of these to me is Bristol City at home Sunday morning. It's another Sky, uh, ESPN Plus game, yeah. right? Another... Yes, they are. It's a, what is it, 4 a.m. for you, Mike? It is 4 a.m. out here, and that is nothing like being in, tuned into Bristol at 4 a.m. <laughs> uh, I'll try to make the second half of that. No, I think Bristol, I, I like, um, again, heading into these games, I thought Forest and Bristol were a good back-to-back challenge. Um, let's hope the uh, momentum is still there. I think we uh, should be a good one, though. Another chance to, to make a little hay at the top of the table. Yeah, put a distance between us and the other playoff uh, lots because there's what there's like three points between uh, third place and like what tenth at the moment. It's ridiculous. Like yeah, when we went from a one up to the Dragons Derby, didn't we go from I think third to eighth on the live table? So yeah. something like that. So it's uh, it's going to be kind of nutty for a yeah, few they, weeks. They've but got again, some work some to do to get twenty one points clear of a playoff spot. But thank. You. <laughs> <laughs> I had some. Uh, one of the guys that was with us this weekend, uh, one of the tourists, uh, said that he had an inside uh, route, uh, inside note that the um, the top brass at Wednesday are trying to uh, take the fall for this and not let the club get fined. Like they're putting themselves on the line. Mm. I was like, isn't that admitting guilt? Yeah. <laughs> that might be the best source of action. But, um. I mean, if, I'll be happy with that. If, uh, if Catrian and DC... I'll take the fall and a ban from football then uh, and Wednesday get promoted. That's probably the best case scenario, right? Put a statue of Mount Front. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll build it himself. Riding his golden elephants. They follow that up with the games away to Stoke and home against Cardiff. Try to pad that 21-point cushion. <laughs> I think these are both very winnable. Like, what, what do you think is an acceptable number of points from these three games? I'd want at least seven, I think. <laughs> You talk about the cushion, then Barnsley goes and scores five. So hold yeah, up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting bad. So. This is really weird results for the weekend. Um, I agree with you, Jeff. I think, I think seven is is something I'd be very happy with. I'm not entirely sure. I'm confident of getting it because I just don't like playing Cardiff. They always seem to sneak a draw or sneak something out of it. No, uh, no uh, Colin Wanker anymore. True, but they did just come out for three 0 against Leeds, so that's yeah. still in their uh, wheelhouse by the looks of it. Um, so I would I would say a, a respectable uh, outing from these three games would be five points. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd expect us to go to Stoke, and if we play as well as we have done away from home, get a, get a win there. Uh, if Stoke are playing as badly as we said earlier on, you think so? Um, Cardiff, honestly. At home, maybe we're better at playing them than we are away. Um, I think that could go either way. I think we could uh, we could win that, we could draw that. Do we have any? I, I was just going to say I, 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 the, the Bristol. It just feels like a draw for some reason. I think Stoke we're going to win. Yeah, I'm going to say five points. I think the Cardiff. I think it's two draws at home, unfortunately. Do we have any other business? Well, as it's the Christmas uh, period coming up, um, we don't have any meetups organized. I think uh, uh, the next one for New York will be New Year's Day, probably. Um, if you are in the New York area over Christmas, um, 
you could always tweet at us and we could ask Jack if he's a spare laptop because they are both, well, the next two games are on um, ESPN, so he could put it on for us, I suppose, if you're around. Um, the Bristol guys usually meet up, but I don't think they'll be there at 7am on a Sunday because uh, they don't get so beer at 7am on a Sunday or cider in their case. Um, <laughs> so I think the Sunday one is probably definitely not happening. Boxing Day, if there's enough people asking for it, I can try and ask Jack to put it on. Uh, New Orleans, same deal there. Jamie's uh, down in Florida uh, for his vacation for Christmas, so he's not doing anything meetup. Maybe maybe main view in it. Indiana. Yeah, Portland. We're uh, Portland. We're working on it for Boxing Day. Um, oh, sweet. We're still still working on the schedule. Tottenham's got the uh, they're, they're a big Tottenham and Everton bar, and I think Tottenham's got the uh, five thirty game on Boxing Day. So we're still trying to sort that out. I will have it on Cascadia Owls Twitter and the Cascadia Owls Facebook. Uh, by the end of this week, by Friday this week. So I'll let you guys know. If I'm feeling and ambitious, it, I may try to get Chris and Damien to do the Stoke game. So, Oh, yeah, the Connecticut Owls. Yeah. All right, it's okay. So there's there's, there's, there's uh, irons in the fire. So if you are mm-hmm. in any of those uh, cities, keep an eye on our Twitter, Owls Americas, and obviously Cascadia Owls, and we'll try and tweet out anything that happens. And like I say, I haven't heard from Mainview in yet for the weekend's games, but it's very early in the morning, so I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe Boxing Day. Just keep it on Twitter and Facebook. We'll, we'll add it to our events page. Um, uh, but if not, most of us will see you in the new year. Patty, you can now get an iFollow half-season pass. You can, yeah. It's uh, 60 quid. Um, so, as you know, we are sponsored by iFollow, so this is a disclaimer. Uh, you can get it for 60 quid. If you haven't gone on yet this, this season, um, obviously, um, what you're waiting for, if, you, if it's too expensive for you, then this half-season pass might be pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're in the right getting half in, of the table. Getting in for the playoff pit. Getting in for the playoff yeah. push, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, why not go to stbfc.co.uk and uh, slash iFollow and sign up for the half season pass? You already missed Jordan Rhodes' hat trick, though, which might end up being the highlight of the season. You can watch the full game replays on iFollow, I believe. <laughs> yeah. you, can watch, you can watch the Millsburg game and the Boris game over and over again. Yeah. How many times, Patty? How many times? I've watched the, the, the I've watched the highlights. You know, I think I watched more than the highlights. I think I've watched uh, his interview afterwards. I just keep looking into his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. You know, I, I wanted to be like effusive. I wanted to be like completely like beaming. But he was so kind of cool and collective. I was like, this man's a monster. <laughs> All the media training. So yeah, Jeff, be sure you get a screen capture of uh, this wardrobe before no, I've already uh, got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay. I'll send that right to Chris for the uh, socials tomorrow. Right, I wanted to one last thing before we uh, wrap up. Uh, so we went to Smithfield Hall on Saturday, uh, our way, our way ground, I suppose, uh, where the Forest fans go. Uh, was a massive thanks for the hospitality, not both in the game but also in the uh, the pub itself. Um, they were fantastic. If you are uh, traveling around New York for Christmas, I do recommend Smithfield Hall as a great like venue to watch football too, as well as our home bar, obviously football factory too. Um, so yeah, cool. Check out Forest NYC on Twitter. If you've got any Forest fans, give them a shout. You've been listening to it's episode 86. Did you actually change this properly? Yeah. All right. I don't know if you actually updated this or not. And you just, I let you do the agenda and you turned it into Jordan Rhodes' decoupage, so. <laughs> but apparently you have actually been listening to episode 86 of the Owls Americast, brought to you by Sheffield Wednesday's iFollow live match streaming service. Sign up at swfc.co.uk slash iFollow. We're on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. 
our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday nights Revenant and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls and at Mike Laroon. Mike, since you are uh, having a bit of the vino tonight and live in one of my favorite regions for Pinot Noir, can you recommend me a good Oregon Pinot Noir? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, now you've really put me on the spot. Mm. It's like choosing between my kids. Mm. What have you had? Uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of my. I favorite, know. Here we go. Hot, hot, name hot of wine my, talk. my favorite one is now. I'm gonna look it up. Hang on. Gonna make for great podcast material. It really <laughs> does. Yeah. <laughs> Can we try and edit this down a bit? <laughs> no, there, I mean, no. There's so many. It's like I'm trying to figure I, out where the like main yeah. the niche ones that would be interesting. So they're all wonderful, and you okay, should so all. Okay, so the ones, I, the ones I've had that I like are. Uh, Preview 80... to the 2021 Alice Americas <laughs> National uh, Meetup in Portland. We'll be doing wine tasting in the Willamette Valley. <laughs> I like the uh, A to Z. You tried Big Table? I have not had Big Table. Table Farm. Okay. That's a nice one. And then um, there's the Shea Wine Cellars, which is the Shea Vineyard. Um, very nice. No, they're all great. I have now somehow managed to put myself on the spot, which is pretty impressive. So we will just move on to uh, Patty Jones. You can find on Twitter at New York Owls or at Patty A. Jones. Patty, what's your wine of choice? I just got given some red wine uh, for a Christmas gift. I like, I, I don't know, I can't really choose a, a brand. I'm not really a snobbish on wine. I'll drink anything that's in front of me. I do like red wine, I like white wine. Uh, I tend to like, uh, I tend to like Rioja, <laughs> not that common. <laughs> I tend to like Rioja, uh, and I tend to like uh, the sweeter type of white wines, but not too sweet. Uh, I want to, before you cut me off and talk about wine some more, mm. uh, I just want to Shout out again, national meetup, register now, owlsamericas.com. Joins on February 29th, 2020 for our New Orleans national meetup. And I'm on Twitter at Jeff Nostro. And assuming Jordan Rhodes scores a hat trick against Bristol City this weekend, we'll see you again next week.